Hello. Hello. I need to address the cozy, stylish elephant in the room. Uh, you're wearing a jacket, and people can't see you, but this is highly unusual for me. Um, really? To see anyone with a jacket, really, but... <laughs> How come? Indoors. Oh. Because people don't go anywhere. So jackets are... <laughs> that is you know. true. Well, what's up? Uh, just for fashion reasons, or did you go anywhere? Or what, what's I went somewhere today. I just arrived, actually. Ooh. There is construction in the building next door that's being built as we speak. And every now and then, because of construction, they need to do like a power shutdown in our building. Um, so they can, I don't know, they have to connect some things because it's sort of like phase two of our building. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the today and yesterday, we didn't have power from 9 to 2 p.m., Ugh. which normally is fine, right? Like when I worked in an office, but now that I'm working from home, this is slightly problematic. So I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Like either I take the two days off, but wasn't what a waste. super into that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then otherwise, like I could, I guess, always make up the hours, right? And like work until 9 p.m. or something. Sure. But I wasn't into that either. And also a lot of my work, as you know, is just being in meetings. So... Like, I can work until 9. Do but you want to reschedule every, this meeting for 9 p.m.? <laughs> everyone else cannot work until 9 p.m. So right. it's just not, not really an option. So I was trying to trying to look for um, co-working spaces. And the situation for co-working spaces here in Montreal is... It's okay. Like, there's lots of options. But it's, I would say it's varying degrees of, like... Uh, organization around like how well structured these things are um, i imagine now and with covid pandemic, yeah like it, it's yeah. i think a lot of them kind of i don't know if they officially went under but a lot of them like even just looking at their websites just has no concept of covid19 like it's not addressed at all uh, right. so like okay yeah uh it's difficult so i messaged a friend of mine who i know has tried a bunch of co-working spaces. And I was like, hey, do you know of any place that I can rent just by the day? Uh, and it was like, actually, no. Uh, even we work, you can't just rent by the day. At least that's what he was telling me here. Uh, but he has a WeWork membership. And he was like, but we can have guests. Nothing's preventing us from having guests. So you can be my guest for the two days. So I was like, you know what? I will take you up on that offer. <laughs> So for the last two days, I've been working in the WeWork, uh, very socially distanced, trying to wear a mask uh, as much as possible. Um, and there were so few people, honestly, it was extremely I quiet, uh, that it felt relatively safe. Like the one thing I didn't love is, I mean, like there is ventilation, but you know, you're still in a confined Close space. space. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty big and so I don't know it, it's kind of a trade-off I think that we all find ourselves having to make over and over again like how safe is something I don't know um, so anyways I did it uh, and man it was amazing <laughs> it really <laughs> what, felt no like home? going back to the real world it was so <laughs> cool like I loved 
every part of it. I love having to wake up early and like pushing me to like get ready. I love a commute. Ooh, boy. Getting out of the house. I love the 20 minute walk. I needed to wearing get there. jackets, wearing jackets, <laughs> like thinking about what am I going to what, what am I going to wear today that will look nice. Um, I grabbed a Starbucks on the way. Went to went there. Um, there's my friend was working there, and so like we could talk a little bit saw throughout the day. I yeah. saw other humans. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, I saw a dog. Someone had their dog over. Wow. Um, it was so they have kombucha. Like it was nice. <laughs> it was nice. Like a different scenery. <laughs> I had lunch outside that I didn't make myself. Like it was amazing. <laughs> so for for a blissful two days, it felt normal for a while. Pretty much. I mean, obviously, like you're wearing masks and washing your hands twenty times a day, and it's it's never quite the same. But yeah, it felt so good, so good, and just really reminded me how much I love that lifestyle so much more than staying home <laughs> all the time. It's just like, yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I, I like this better. Well, uh, cool that you, <laughs> you know yourself. <laughs> like, that's not for me. Like, I, speaking of WeWork, like, I worked from WeWork for a while. It was not my thing. Like, I prefer working from home. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's not like, it's not like I don't miss <laughs> normal life Ugh, <laughs> i i do but my normal life is just i miss different things i guess right actually one thing this could be a this could be an interesting segue because it's been around like probably like it's been a year right not to today but it's been a year since we've been all in this lockdown pandemic mode uh roughly depending on you know countries and stuff but uh at least for me it has and uh adjusting was you know, we we don't have to talk about that. We talked about that for a, a lot. But one point that I think has been interesting, and I think has been uh, real for at least if you, especially if you change jobs or join a new team, uh, is the fact that I never met any of my coworkers in real life, ever. Right. I never had any human like you know face to face interaction. <laughs> uh, and I've been, uh, it's been interesting how that has impacted uh, some of the. Well, some of the work interactions and how you feel about coworkers and all and how that impacts stuff. Because even at like previously at my, my old job, sure, I worked from home. Sure, we had a distributed team for the most part, but like we saw each other at least two, three times a year. You, you saw people. Uh, we had these big all-hand meetings and stuff, weeks. So I think that creates some kind of bonds that then you you lack if you never see your coworkers face-to-face. Uh, and so that's been like one thing that has affected me, like how the pandemic has affected this dynamic of working remotely. Um, these small things that have a tremendous impact, I feel like, like there's way less chatter or like informal, like banter or something. Cause it feels like I talk to coworkers to talk about work yeah. uh, mostly. And so it feels a bit more forced and it is cause you kind of have to, you know, you haven't hung out with them in real life. So you kind of have to force this, these informal chats um so it's different yeah have you found uh, good ways to kind of counter that and create that bond with people even remotely i mean to varying degrees of success like we we have a bunch of 
like calls that were optional calls just as like a coffee break calls. But even those feel forced, right? Because you're like, I have to join this call and be in a video call with a bunch of people and force like ch- small chat of a small talk or something. I don't know. Varying degrees of success. I think it's way easier in, in a smaller team. Like, so the people that are, do work with like very closely day to day, that has helped a lot. And even like people from other teams that recently we've been interacting more, working more closely. Uh, that whole thing helps. But, but when you do have like this company wide, team wide hangouts, it's it's not it's not natural. I don't think it comes off natural. Kind of have to force it. And some people are not very comfortable with that, which I don't blame them. Yeah, um, totally. Anyway. One thing that I felt certainly <laughs> is for me, I find the sort of team building exercises that happen over video calls. I found them to be so much less engaging <laughs> that way where some, sometimes I'm just like, eh, like, I don't know. <laughs> it, it just, uh, there's something about it that just doesn't, uh, that it feels forced yeah. in a way that a real life interaction doesn't. We've been trying a bunch of different things. Like we tried one with, um, it was, it was like a, I don't know how to describe this person, like person's job. It's like, like a, like a team coach type of person. Okay. And and she she just had us do a bunch of exercises, but especially like this was early on, so we were pretty much strangers, right? So to one another, and so right. we kind of kind of broke the ice a little bit, like telling about like some of our like experiences, some of our like as people, what what are we afraid of? What what we are done? What are some of our insecurities? How do, how do we respond to feedback and praise or all of like stuff like this, which kind of forced us. Like, tell a story from, I don't know, from your life. Anyway, that, that was kind of interesting. Uh, uh, and also we had, recently, we did a, an escape room thing. Oh, nice. That um, sounds fun. Online. That was fun. It was just just like escape rooms. It's a bunch of puzzles and things you have to figure out. Um, the only difference is, like, you have access to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, different types of challenges. But right. anyway, that was fun. Yeah. yeah, I would say the one thing I've experienced, and I don't know if I talked about this here... Uh, I used to work with the marketing team and they had someone on this team that would do every week, they would do a trivia game. And it mm. was so cool. Basically, you had everyone on the entire team in one hangout call and then you would be paired with like two or three other people. That would be your group mm. where you would have, be in a second call. So you'd be in two calls at the same time. Right, I think you, yeah. Yeah, and then like you're unmuted you. yeah. in, in with your group and then muted with the rest, and then they would tell the questions that you can consult together, and then an- try to answer as fast as possible. And it was just this like super fun, super engaging game, like really clever. But it all really relies on having a great host for these things. <laughs> yeah, it was like that person was the most important person on the team for this because without that person, it just wouldn't really work. And there were like song associations and like all sorts of like segments of the game was, was really fun cool anyway just just a quick year check-in <laughs> speaking of uh like anniversaries and stuff uh episode 200 we did it <laughs> look at that we did it <laughs> all right we're done <laughs> <laughs> goodbye everybody <laughs> uh i just checked like when did we release the first episode it was october 16th 2015 wow so Roughly like five and a half years that we've been we've been recording these silly things. 
Wow. Anyway, we didn't have we don't really have anything special for or prepared for this episode. So I guess we'll we'll do something cool for the three hundredth episode. <laughs> yeah. How long is it gonna take us? Is it what, like two and a half, three years? <laughs> well, it's up to us because we 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 take breaks every once in a while, and we're rather inconsistent. So it's really hard to predict. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, between one year and five years, <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Nice, cool. nice. But yeah, crazy nice. that we made it this far. I feel like the the right? person that I was when we started this and the person that I am today is so different. <laughs> yep, and I've been through like three, four different jobs. Kevin has been through <laughs> one one job. <laughs> Uh, I've moved cities and countries. You moved apartments. Um, we've, but <laughs> do you do you get it? I changed uh, computer pattern once. <laughs> <laughs> right. So actually, it's kind of interesting to see the the pattern, like how different we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we, I think we're very similar in certain things, but also so different in so many other things. We've met. What like three times, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I feel I feel that way about everything in this post COVID world. Where I was like, why didn't I travel all the time before? <laughs> like I right. could go anywhere, <laughs> and I didn't. So, but yeah, Man, but I so do privileged. I do like cherish the memories of every single time that we've met. So I have, totally. I have great memories of, of all of those. So it's been great. And I do yeah. know the one thing I always, that always comes to mind whenever I think like, oh, yeah, I should be, you know, hang out with Rafa more uh, in person is every time we do hang out in person, we don't want to talk about anything because every time we start talking about something, we're like, wait, this should be on the show. This should be recorded. <laughs> we shouldn't talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the that startup podcast? Like effectively, Alex was recording his whole life. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That should be us when we're together. Pretty much. Like we'll just record everything all the time, and then I'll spend three days in the editing room, <laughs> um, pulling you know, making an episode out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, fun stuff. Fun traveling. stuff. Okay, well, you're not traveling. What, what, what do we want to talk about today? In this 200 episode party. Bonanza yeah, I feel like we have a thing. grab bag. <laughs> bunch of different things yeah a bunch of stuff go, in here can go either way anything you're you're interested in yeah let's talk about this uh you shared a bunch of 3d renders yeah um and they were so good that the first time i saw them i didn't uh, it didn't i didn't realize they were rendered oh really um nice. yeah uh they look really good well, what, what's happening uh, what are you doing yeah so i mean we moved into this new place a year ago but it's still not entirely finished uh there's still elements of it that i want to i want to like keep sort of like decorating and figuring out the interior design stuff and one of it is there's this sort of little sort of like area off to the side of my kitchen that's like i don't know how you call this like a a space where you can make a built-in um so i have shelves and uh some little like countertop space uh, we'll have links in the show notes to the, the actual <laughs> renders, <laughs> um, yeah. which I wanted to design myself. And my dad is is really good at building stuff, so he was 
gonna build it. I mean, initially we with were our gonna, powers combined. We we're gonna build it together, but now with COVID, it's a little bit more complica- more complicated. Um, so yeah, and I had made some drawings, so I should actually probably po- also post the Procreate sketch that I had made. So I made a quick little sketch on my iPad. But then I was like, okay, I kind of want to see, get a better sense of what it, this would look like. Uh, and I was also looking for a mar- marble countertop, so trying to figure out different options. So, um, so yeah, I was like, I should be able to figure out how to do a 3D model for this. This is basically just cubes stretched in different directions. <laughs> so it shouldn't, can't be that hard, right? And it, it's funny because we talked a bit on and off on this show about like 3D being... I think we all sort of see this as being kind of the next frontier for design and like, Mm -hmm. you know, with VR and AR stuff coming down the pipe, we all feel like, oh, maybe I should be doing more, but also like, I don't know what to do. Uh, We always lacked, uh, by we, I mean, you and I, we've been curious enough and we want to try, but we lack the motivation. Like, yes. what am I going to do? Exactly. I don't just want to do like a couple of tutorials and like, and call it a day. And that's one I of the, the number one things that I've learned about myself is I cannot learn the solution to a problem unless I have the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you try to be like, Oh, like you should just it. learn 3d. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't, I don't have any use for this. <laughs> like this is useless to me. <laughs> Uh, until I have the problem. And then when I have the specific problem, I'm like, okay, this is my, my use case. Now I'll find, like, figure out what I need to learn in order to make that happen. But the flip side of that is also, like, once you solve the problem, you're done with it. Yes. AKA all your side projects. Yep. <laughs> apps that you've built. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> once I've scratched that itch, I'm like, okay, I don't care anymore. Goodbye. Uh... <laughs> Which is probably, like, definitely going to happen with this. Um, (laughs) So, but anyways, I was like, okay, let me try. And so I tried first Blender and quickly, I was trying to follow this one YouTube tutorial and couldn't even follow it. (laughs) Like, there were things where they were like, and you click this button and you make this happen. And I'm like, I'm clicking this button and it doesn't work. (laughs) so it's just, it's just a little tedious. I'm sure with more time I could learn it and figure it out. But then um, one of my coworkers recommended, hey, why don't you use Cinema 4D? And I was like, yeah, you're totally right because I had used Cinema 4D before and I kind of know mm-hmm. a little bit about how it works. So let me just do that. So I downloaded the trial. You... I'm still on a trial. Like I'm oh, okay. not even doing anything. For the full anything. version, not the light version. Yeah, that for the full version. Because I don't have any Adobe software and do not want any Adobe right. software on my computer. <laughs> so that is a deal breaker. If I have to install anything from Adobe, I'm not doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and the reason for that is I don't want the stupid menu bar thing. Um, so, yes. <laughs> uh, so I installed it and honestly quickly managed to whip something up i guess it's actually pretty easy to get started there's there's a few little gotchas but once you kind of learn the the hang of it it's really powerful and but still remains generally user-friendly um so yeah i've been like modeling i started like really simple just modeling like a shelf and you know the walls and then like started adding uh, windows and like slowly been like trying to model my entire living room. <laughs> uh, 
uh, and it's been really fun. I've been also playing with physics and like cloth and like yeah, like different physics effects, trying to create like a couch and pillows and stuff like that. It's been really fun, just kind of like day after day, just like learning new little tricks and techniques. The number one challenge that I've been having is render settings and and getting my renders to actually look real um <laughs> so how much like while you're doing it you're all it all looks like crap until you actually pretty render. much i mean the 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 sort of preview window is actually not too bad like you can see everything that's right. going on you can see your 3d shapes you can see the colors and stuff but then it's like i wanted to render it as a picture Right, because otherwise yeah. it's not really much better than the drawing I have on my iPad. <laughs> so right. I want it to be photorealistic. Um, and so there, it's a lot of there's a bunch of different renderers and then a bunch of different settings within each, and they're all kind of weirdly named. And you can do different configurations. And the more you crank up the numbers, the slower it gets. Um, so yeah, that's why <laughs> this is also a, a patented technique that I have. Which is whenever I'm learning something new and I'm running into problems, I just complain about it on Twitter until someone helps me out. <laughs> so that's what I was doing. And then at one point, someone just sent me a Google Doc and was like, hey, here, try this. <laughs> so I was wow. like, thanks. Great. Um, Don't try this at home, kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then still kept like tweaking things and just, I don't know what any of these knobs stand for, or what they mean. I just keep tweaking things and trying stuff out until it looks good. Uh, but the challenge, honestly, is my 13-inch MacBook Pro is not a great computer for 3D rendering. Uh, so things are pretty slow. The fastest I can get it to do a good render is about 15 minutes. Dang. So it's it's okay, but it's it really limits the creative flow. Do you have any idea how an M1 Mac would would compare? I don't know. That's the thing. I've I think I was starting to watch some videos, and they show they're like, "Here's my render, and here's how little time it takes." But then, you know, it really depends. I think on what settings are you using, and how is your scene configured, yeah. and like all that. But, stuff. but like I wanna, all those renders, they just pull. They just. I want like a before and after. Like here's the exact same scene and the exact same thing on an right. M1 versus on a because these Intel. renders they utilize the GPU and the M1 all that those gains are in the CPU. So I I don't expect too much like too many improvements in render speeds. I don't know, but, but at I've the same time thought... like stuff like Final Cut and stuff also, you know, it's it's a similar I think. But I think my understanding thing. there was. Um, because the GPU is directly, excuse me if I use the wrong term, but directly like like on the motherboard or something like that, like a, there's like a direct it's connection. It's an integrated GPU. Yeah, that, right. that allows it to be faster because there is no sort of like transferring information from, I, I don't know, I guess the CPU to the GPU back and forth. But it would still be worse than a laptop, let's, let's say a 16-inch with a, with a dedicated GPU. And not an integrated one. That I don't know. Yeah, that is I'm pretty a sure. Question. Yeah, it's hard to say. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I but I've never wanted a beefier computer more than I have right now. Because <laughs> I used to feel like my computer was mostly fast enough for most things, ex- with the exception of 
like the Chrome slowdowns and Slack, all the yeah. Electron apps, uh, and also maybe video editing. So now I'm like, okay, this I really need a beefier computer, and I cannot wait the to IMAX get. The are, are huh? coming. The IMAX are coming. Yeah, cannot wait to get a fully spec'd out iMac. I'm I'm pretty. I, I haven't seen it yet, but more and more I'm convincing myself that like fully spec'd out iMac would be is in my future and then when a new apple display comes out then i will have to see it you know and same thing with the the laptop like would the laptop be a complete replacement of the imac or do i would i still want to preserve the like more powerful imac and then have a less powerful laptop i don't know but we'll see we we might we, we should hear something soon like, you know, March is usually Hopefully. a good month for these things. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm going to talk about something different, but I promise it'll tie back. I'll come <laughs> back to this. Go uh, for it. Because <laughs> uh, so very recently, and I think I tweeted, uh, I know. I know I tweeted this recently, but I was, um, found myself in a situation. I wanted to prototype this one interaction I had in mind quickly. And I've felt bad because I, I honestly, since Framer Classic, uh, I stopped prototyping much. I think mm-hmm. ever, ever since I joined Netlify, I stopped prototyping. I didn't really have a use for it. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of I kind of lost some of that proficiency. Um, and now that I wanted some of that back, I tried to, tried to see if I still had my mojo, uh, prototyping mojo. And I didn't. <laughs> I lost it. So I was like, crap. Um, Figma prototype, like the, the, the Figma prototype settings features are not enough for what I wanted to do. And even on the simplest thing, it's so like performance is so bad, and it, I don't blame them because that's not their product. But whatever. So I was like, let me bring up Framer, and it was a very very frustrating experience. Um, I don't want to go into it, but whatever. I couldn't really do it, and then I even pulled up Origami because, mm-hmm. like, I used to be good in Quartz Composer. Yeah. It turns out Facebook they they keep updating that app. Uh-huh. Uh, like it's it's all new. It's all like now it has also like the the visual tool component to it yeah the new version was pretty good i remember playing with it uh when it was on beta but it was so daunting (laughs) and because i haven't touched that tool in so long like so many patches i just wanted to transition and i didn't even know what to do anyway long story short i eventually did it in swift ui and i realized that swift ui is the prototyping tool if you can call it that that i was uh, turns out i'm the most proficient and like effective in uh and it has a really cool added bonus that those skills, like if I keep practicing this and using SwiftUI, those skills are really valuable because those skills can be used to create, quote unquote, a real app, right? Like that's the end result. Like sure, you can, on a prototype, you're going to throw a bunch of PNGs and call it a UI and like throw a bunch of like hard-coded positions or whatever. It's fine. It, it doesn't matter. Um, but still, those skills are very powerful. Uh, to have so like i was rooting for swift ui right if that even makes sense um when it comes to 3d told you i was gonna come back (laughs) uh like i've been more and more interested uh, in it uh like my friend devon our friend devon he's been doing some really cool 3d stuff and and it's been so impressive like dude teach me some of that stuff like i would love to learn um and just watch you like see how you do some of this stuff Mm -hmm. um and every time i think about trying something in 3d the first question is like well should i do it in 
Cinema 4D, which is crazy expensive? Should I do it in Blender, which is kind of weird, but, but free and super powerful still? Should I do it directly in like Unity, right? Like directly like Unreal Engine or something? That's also mm. a possibility. In all of these things, just like the framers and the origamis or whatever, I was like, but these skills, would I be able to use these, these assets, these 3D objects in quote unquote a real thing? Like, can I use it? Like we keep mentioning AR and VR. If when Apple finally like launches something and AR is compelling, all of these Cinema 4D skills, I won't be able to use that in AR. So like I will have to learn metal or whatever AR kit thing. So I'm also thinking if I wanted to go into 3D, what is the best tool? Like do you know, does it make sense to invest in Cinema 4D? Um I don't know. It's something I've been thinking about. And I don't know the answer. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I I think the 3D modeling aspect of it is probably never going to be tackled by Apple. Like the same way that Apple doesn't mm-hmm. like create Photoshop or whatever <laughs> or, or, or sketch or Figma for you to like right. design your icons. Um, although they provide. But then where do you do it? Huh? Where do you do it? Like. Yeah. So So basically, like, I think. Pretty again. I'm so not experienced in this. Like, I actually would like to try. Can I import one of those 3D objects into like an iOS app, for example? Um, that's something I would like to try. But presumably, you should be able to export a 3D object from almost any 3D software, and then import it into That'd the app. So there's definitely going to be stuff you need to learn about. Uh, what's it called? It's the I don't know whether APIs are, are called for for AR uh, on iOS. ARKit? Yeah, ARKit. Yeah, there you go. Um, you'd probably have to learn some, like, coding stuff for ARKit. But presumably, like, the model that you create would be would be valuable. You, so you'd, yeah. you'd already have, like, know half of the, the equation. <laughs> and also, I think there's a lot of, like, thinking. Thinking in 3D is a little bit more complicated than thinking just 2D. For laying stuff mm-hmm. out and how things can be positioned and stuff like that, so there's lighting. Lighting the is lighting. super important. Um, so yeah, I think all okay. of, all those things can be valuable. But yeah, honestly, if you don't have a use case for it, you don't have a use case for it, and that's cool too. Like I didn't until until now because I'm I'm like getting pretty into into interior design and like even so I, I sent mm-hmm. my parents some sketches and they're like, Can you please design our kitchen? <laughs> so I might like help them visualize their their new kitchen <laughs> in three D. Uh but yeah, it's in been 3D. it's just been fun learning something new. And I think another parallel that I saw with uh Swift UI and three D rendering that is a total buzzkill for me. It's just how slow it is to preview what whatever you're doing. Like, imagine <laughs> if SwiftUI was instant, like, actually instant preview. That would be a million times better. The same way that if my render was almost instant, heck, it could take five, ten seconds. That would be amazing. Um so yeah, like all these these softwares, like we need we need everyone to work in the same direction of optimizing software to be faster and getting computers to have fancy M two chips or whatever <laughs> all the whatever M they chips. need uh, to be able to render things as fast as possible. 
it's crazy how like this got to be if not total like a big chunk of the responsibility has to fall on other developers no the app developers because like our computers today are like infinitely faster than computers in like from 20 years ago right like i think it's or 30 years ago and we've been doing some of these 3d renders uh forever i feel like the the pace of what technology and computers are getting faster like doesn't match the pace of like the capabilities of these 3d i'm I'm talking 3d like anything really like if we rendered a Pixar movie in a, uh, <laughs> a render farm somewhere. I know, I know. But like, <laughs> you know, it's been a while. I feel like this, I don't know. Like how is text rendering and even like just typing text on Electron app s- slower than <laughs> was inputting a text input in like Macintosh in 1984, I right? Like, I, I feel like just we've been so privileged that computer performance has been so good that actually optimizing for performance is not as important um that i feel like it has caught up with us like well now we're paying for it and i feel like we should start investing in more in that and i think hey what's happening with notion slightly different i know it's all server stuff but uh, you know notion went from being the darlings of everyone and now everyone's complaining like oh my god it's so slow i can't uh, and it's hurting them real bad so you know don't uh don't ignore performance <laughs> Yeah, I remember this Craig Maud essay where he was saying the the premise of the article was that speed is the most important thing in software. Like mm-hmm. no matter what, just optimize for speed. Like, the thing that will help you get the job the fastest always ends up being the best one. And I really feel like you can make a strong argument that speed is always the number one thing you should optimize for. Like, how can you make it as fast as possible for me to do X, right? Like, just make something Mm -hmm. really, really fast in performance. And that is, like, generally the things that are the fastest are at the top of their field, whatever that is. I think it's hard to argue argue against that. that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I think we can sneak another topic before we go. Hey, do you want to talk about these uh, Android 12 screenshots? Ooh, yeah. This is is cool. This is... (laughs) It's sort of like a, a random random topic. Like, it, yeah. we can get, give her a quick take. Yeah, so this came out uh, in February, I think, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't know how they got this. I don't know how real this is. Do you know? <laughs> like, do, they, do these things have actual sources? It says XDA developers got this. Yeah. I didn't even I question know. It doesn't really matter. But... Yeah. Uh, presumably like let's just assume that they're real so th- these are like leaked documents it's an early draft of documents that google distributed s- distributes to to android partners so it's like what google would send what i'm assuming like samsung or whatever just so that they are aware of the direction android is taking yeah i assume one thing that's interesting here is the ui sort of looks like it was designed by like one of those you know those <laughs> the people on TikTok who change all the app icons <laughs> on their phone <laughs> yeah. to be like a certain aesthetic? Um, mm-hmm. So every tone here is sort of like this blush color. <laughs> uh, I yeah. actually think it looks good. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of dig it. Uh, it feels a bit low information density to me, but 
think it's an interesting UI Chrome for Android. And I I feel like ever since Material Design came out, it's sort of and Android design started kind of drifting away. And it seems like there's not really a clear unifying UI vision. And to be fair, you could argue that Apple also has been struggling a lot with this, um, with like more and more weird inconsistent uh, patterns. Uh, but mm-hmm. I feel like Android, at least as a, a and again, like to take this with a grain of salt as like a non-user, but just generally seems like it hasn't had a strong uh, vision for what the UI should be. Um, so this is interesting. This is a vision. <laughs> I would be curious to see how the the apps actually look and work because this is mostly just a home screen. But other than that, I think I think this is good. This looks solid. Totally agree with you there that it feels like Google hasn't found their voice, like in terms of design, like what is design for a Google product. Uh, material design was huge and a big effort from them. Really, the first real like big design effort from google and then shortly after that they deviated a lot with all their pixel phones and like just the 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 white background with the colorful dots you know from the logo and had a lot of that with like google assistant and anyway and this is completely different again this is very much in line with their most recent efforts like industrial design from all their nest oh true uh, yeah like it's very it's very uh what they call like the nest mini you know the speakers and the stuff it's it's very like pastel uh calm tones earthy tones um which i welcome just because hey they're trying to they're trying to have a, a thing a voice uh you know their own design language and i'm i'm really happy that, <laughs> I love that you said nothing... that they're trying to have a voice <laughs> when comparing to the the nest mini <laughs> <laughs> like literally <laughs> google has a voice mm-hmm and you know, I'm I'm glad that it looks nothing like the direction that Apple is taking with Big Sur and those things, right? Yep. So, all great. That's great. It's also very trendy, right? Uh, like you said, like the, all the TikTok people are. <laughs> I think they would resonate with this thing. Then, with that said, I'm not sure if this is what the majority of Android users are looking for, but that's okay. Um, so it's very opinionated, right? Like if this is how android is gonna look i i can see a lot of people i mean this is android uh, like let's face it yeah you're definitely gonna be able to change every everything here right (laughs) to make it look totally different but i do think so google should go bold like i can see a lot of people looking at this and being like "Ooh, this looks good like i want that versus Mm -hmm. you know i i think sometimes like when we try to design for everyone you kind of end up designing for nobody Mm -hmm. and so I don't know. I think there's there's something here, and and like, I don't know. We're only seeing one part of this, right? Like maybe there's different color schemes you could have that would bring the sort of kind of consistent look to your home screen, um, but would still allow you to fit your personality. Like I think Android has actually is able to lean into the customization angle much more. Um, so why sure. not? Definitely. Uh. I'm always very curious to see these things, like the, the 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 trends, the design trends emerging from platform makers, like the Apples and the Googles and whatever, because uh, like they love it or hate it, they're gonna kind of dictate the look and feel, like what what what's trendy, what's modern, what's good, whatever. 
because no matter how trendy and different Spotify makes their apps, you hit the home button and well, now you're back home, <laughs> you know, that's where apps live. And so, uh, fascinating to see like almost opposite, uh, ideals and patterns from what we've seen with Big Sur, which is arguably like the last new thing that we've seen from Apple. And I don't know if they're planning anything like new with, you know, this year's uh, iOS version or whatever, but because like here it's very, there's no drop shadows at all. There's almost no like strokes, like borders separating items. Um, it's It's very different from like the more heavy, uh, drop shadow 3d-ness of big sur uh and i know we're comparing a desktop os with a mobile but still yeah, interesting to see this and i'm um, personally it's not a thing for me like i, I think i would lean more on the opposite spectrum but very interesting it's cool yeah nice i i think the challenge for google as always is going to be how consistently do they roll out their redesign <laughs> and my hopes are not very high <laughs> No, so I mean, even in this, so like looking at the home screen, the home screen, you see text that is center aligned, that is left aligned, that is right aligned. You see different border radius. You see like yeah, there's probably some thinking, some reasoning behind that, but I, I still can't see it. I think like something related to context. You have a different border radius. So yeah, and again, it's not fair to judge this. Like this is this is a work in progress, very early things, but. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Consistency. I wish just Google to stick to something and like own it, write it, right? Don't 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 abandon it after two years when you're either bored of it or like maybe it didn't work. Um, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, all their home product products, their inter their industrial design has been really good. I think it looks really good. Yeah, same. They've done an amazing job there. Yeah, very cool stuff. Nice. Uh, do you, did you want to talk about the um, PSVR controllers? Do you have thoughts on that? Uh, no, not really. I just added a link. I was curious to see what you, what you thought. Um, so for people listening, uh, PlayStation has it's an interesting strategy. Like they announced the PS Five, right? And when they announced it, they didn't mention VR stuff. And of course, they have PSVR. Which is not compatible with the PS5, by the way, <laughs> I think. Um, so it was like, well, did you abandon PSVR? Like, is that dead? And so, a couple months in, uh, they announced they had a blog post saying, "Hey, we are working on VR, uh, an updated VR headset for PS5." They didn't say anything about it, what it looked like. Like, actually, I think they mentioned some details, but like, like one cable or something like that. But anyway, mm. but just like, hey, we're still doing it. It's fine. Don't don't worry. And then a couple months after that, they they now announced the new controller. And so I guess the strategy is they're, they're going to announce, like, pieces of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, every once in a while, we'll get a little a new piece of information. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so they announced the two VR controllers. And they look kind of cool. Uh, but <laughs> I wanted to, to see if you... Like, what do you think of this? Yeah, I mean, you're asking someone who hasn't played his PS4 in a really long time. <laughs> so I'm not qualified at all for this, but I can just judge it based on the look. I think it looks cool. Is it good? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'm 
I really am not equipped to judge this, but do you want to try to describe glance, for it's it kind of looks like I feel like it kind of looks like an orb. <laughs> they imagine if like there's this bubble and you can put your hand in it and there's in the center of the orb there's sort of like a, a handle you can grab and then the top is sort of if you took the current uh, is it dual shock controller uh, dual sense now dual sense controller and then you separate it in half <laughs> right mm-hmm. like one you get one half in each hand that's kind of how i would describe it <laughs> yeah sure uh yeah so like for the ps vr and the the old one uh the first of all it doesn't come with the the, the controllers the vr controllers it's called the move controllers i think hmm. uh meaning like if it doesn't come with it means that developers can't roll out like can't count on it as like something they know users have so a lot of games you still have to support just like playing with a regular like dual sense like a regular uh ps controller um so this one i assume comes pre-built in like comes with the package which is good um but so the two main i think issues with that we people had with the older one is that first the tracking it was done through the little glowing balls that it had on the on the tip uh so we had like a camera looking for the glowy colorful balls like like light bulbs um and that's not super accurate tracking so the tracking was not very precise kind of sucked and second you didn't have any analog sticks on the controllers meaning any game that has movement like you're used to having the analog sticks to move around with the character mm-hmm. so you didn't have any of that with with these controllers so these uh these new controllers address those things. Like it has adaptive triggers, so the same triggers from the new Dual Sense, in where they can have different resistance, like different force um, applied to those, which is really cool and it's more immersive. You have the very precise haptic feedback from also the new controllers, which is really cool. Um, like the the tracking is done with like the ring around your wrist, right? Which is assuming more precise. Uh, it has analog sticks, one in each. And lastly, this is kind of cool. It has a finger detection thing. So if you, I think for your thumb index and then the three middle fingers. So you can do gestures like you can point with this controller and like the game would know that you can point. So I'll assume your your, your VR hands can also point or like do thumbs up or whatever, um, which is cool. Anyway, I feel like this is this is a great improvement all around. Like it addresses most of the pain points with the old one. It looks kind of cool, futuristic. Interesting that it doesn't follow the same like white and black. Um, oh yeah, that's true. Aesthetic <laughs> it's like that, that team didn't get the memo. <laughs> yeah, because the PS5 was following the PSVR old one aesthetic, like the black yeah. and white. <laughs> and this one doesn't. So I don't know. I feel like the VR is always like one generation ahead of industrial design <laughs> <laughs> style. So. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, got nothing else to say. Should we add to recommendations? Let's go to recommendations. All right. Cool. So my recommendation this week is an app that I just started using because I saw it recommended by someone on Twitter, and I don't remember who that is. Maybe that was Tammy, but I don't quite remember. Anyways, the app is called MimeStream. Have you heard of this before? I've heard this name sounds familiar. Mimestream. It? So it's a terrible name, but <laughs> Mimestream is a native macOS email client 
for Gmail. Oh, so it's not a streaming service to see all the miming nope. shows. <laughs> okay. Uh, nope. So this is this is a mail app, and it looks pretty much just like the mail app, except it's a native Gmail client. It's it's both native to your computer and native to Gmail, <laughs> and uh, it's really great. <laughs> like search is one of the number one thing that is amazing about this. Like you type. It's extremely fast and just finds whatever you're looking for. Where mail is just insanely slow and just clunky to use and doesn't surface the right stuff. Um, this also has the... I have like never really used them before, but it's kind of neat now that I have them. Like the different tabs are primary promotions, updates, kind of things. Um, and then all... If you use labels and stuff like that in Gmail, you have all of that. So... I'm I'm still giving it a try, but honestly, it's well worth a shot if you're a Gmail user, um, and maybe you're using like the the web interface always. Um, you should try this because the app is great. Okay, I saw this around Twitter as well, probably from the same tweet. <laughs> uh, I have a question for you then, because mm-hmm. I was I never used the web interface for for Gmail. I my I either used Mail like the Mail app, or I used Mailbox when it was around, and then went back crying to Mail. Um, <laughs> so I never used really the, the the Gmail interface, and I know people who use it like nothing else compares and like nothing else works because like nothing is as good as that interface. Um, which I assume this is what it's like. This is this this is the type of app for those people. So I want to ask you. Assuming that you used the Gmail interface, like, I I used are, Mail before this. Oh, so like, what are what are the things that I'm missing? Because I have no idea. Oh, why people use the web interface? Yeah, like what if I were to switch from Mail to this to MimeStream, what would I get that I don't currently? <laughs> yeah, uh, I I would <laughs> say the number one thing for me that's different is search. You just Type one character into search into MimeStream and you immediately get results. Like it's so fast, you have no idea. Like as you're typing, it will just like filter your list. Whereas mail, it's like just churning like for for a long time, and just like somehow you will have the right keyword and it just won't show up the right messages. Um, this is one of the use cases where I sometimes have to go and use the web interface. Um, Sometimes there's some stuff like there's some delays sometimes like let's say you get a new mail usually it might it will show up into the web interface before it'll show up in mail because there's like a bit of a delay in the streaming of new messages if you're not like awaiting impatiently an email that's fine um it also has the different like it it'll sort your email into primary promotions and updates so this is new to me I've never had this before so I'm giving it a try to see, hey, is this, is this better? Um, mm-hmm. But it is kind of interesting that it's like separates out the the newsletters <laughs> from my inbox. It's kind of cool. Um, and then the tags. I never really use the tags that much. But I think, I don't, I don't even know. Maybe does, do you have tags in mail? I feel like I've never. Yeah. Mm, yeah you can move it to an inbox, I think. Anyways. Okay, I'll give it a try. I assume it doesn't work with iCloud mail. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. 
Yeah. All my emails on Gmail. I mean, I barely use it, but still use it. Okay. Maybe I'll give it a try. It's To me, what I would say is it's basically just like mail <laughs> in most aspects, except there's a few things that are sprinkled on top that the fact that it's directly integrated with Gmail just makes it more robust and just smoother mm-hmm. of an experience. Cool beans. All right. Uh, my recommendation is a podcast. Uh, it's an episode. It was released back in August last year. So it's not new. Uh, it took me, it was, it was on my queue for all these months, apparently. But it's called uh, The Sound of the Last of Us Part 2. So, you know, we talked about that game, loved it. And at the time, I feel like all of YouTube and all the podcasts were talking and covering that game for a long time and all the thought pieces. And that game just was too much. And then I stopped consuming that type of content so this kind of fell through uh the, the you know yeah whatever i finally got to it and it's really 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 interesting they have it's like an interview they have um a bunch of like audio leads and, and sound designers and audio programmers at naughty dog that worked in the game talking about sound design and the sound overall in the game and like a lot of these little details are stuff that you pick up from playing or if you're like curious and in the lookout for these things but a lot of it like i just totally missed um like the way that they built like usually sound is follows an animation uh but the way they built this game is like the animation is following the sound um like they've built this thing for every character you have like breaths that follow the level of stress of a character interesting and all these things have to be stitched in like in a way that works and it's you know dynamic um it's very interesting yeah you have like a level of stress so you can be like very stressed you can be uh, tired you can be frightened and all these things in conjunction with like the activity physical activity if it's running if you're running if you're whatever like the little details in all the sound it's been it's fascinating it's probably like state-of-the-art in the industry uh this game so if you're at all interested in sound design engineering and or interested in the game uh give it a listen links in the show notes oh it's from a podcast called soundworks nice to me. that sounds really good i'll take a look or take a listen <laughs> <laughs> cool all right that's it um this is actually i don't know if you've noticed but because you had uh daylight savings uh earlier i'm recording an hour earlier ah this is great this is better yeah well by next week i think we'll be back to oh no (laughs) yeah but whatever it was fun while it lasted (laughs) cool that's it 200 episodes wow if we sounded tired it's just because at 200 that was a lot (laughs) um thank you so much for listening all the way to the end uh you can follow us on twitter at layout fm i am at rafa hari sometimes i tweet about swift ui and kevin is at vernal kick sometimes he tweets about his 3d renders um follow us say hi and if you have any questions for us or like topics you'd like us to cover or talk about uh yeah tweet at us again i think everything works through twitter for this show and our website is layout.fm so if you're looking for like links to the stuff we mentioned that's a good place to go and yeah thanks for listening talk to you next week all right bye bye
Okay, I, I'll put this in the after. Actually, I don't even know if I'm going to put this in show. But <laughs> I was, before the call, I was working on Hand Mirror a little bit. Ooh. Trying to find these freaking bugs. <laughs> it's so frustrating, man. Uh, I have this one bug, very annoying bug, which is sometimes the camera is on and you're like, that's creepy. Why is the camera on? Oh, it just turns on? And then on? you, the light, like the light, mm-hmm. the camera turns on. Um, Interesting. And people are like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then if they click on hand mirror, like, you know how sometimes like it, it takes a while for the camera yep. to turn on. But if the light is on, it turn on hand mirror, like it's immediately right the, the right. thing. You're like, oh, it's hand mirror. If you close it again, the light turns off. Mm. And of course, people get really freaked out about this. <laughs> like, what the hell is hand mirror spying on me? Um, so much so I got a lot of reviews and I try to, I try to, to, to fix it, of course, but it's not, it's, it's a bug that it has happened to me several times. Um, but I cannot, uh, reliably reproduce it. So it's impossible for me to like get logs or something. Cause when I'm running it, I cannot understand, I cannot find it. Um, so much so that I put a little, little thing disclaimer in the description of the app. That says, this app does not record, collect, or send your data anywhere <laughs> for three reasons. Number one, there's absolutely no need. It's just a feed of your own camera. Number two, I wouldn't do that. That's just creepy. Number three, <laughs> and most importantly, I don't even have the programming skills to do that. Seriously, <laughs> but thanks for thinking that I did. Um, <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> of course, no one reads this. Um, but anyway, uh, it's very frustrating. I'm trying I'm trying to... to get to the bottom of this um i'm just honestly like i can't f- find the bug i'll just refactor the whole code because it kind of mm. you could use a refactor clean it up and hope that well now <laughs> maybe this won't happen again <sighs> anyway one of the features uh i i don't want to even call it feature one of the things i want to add is um if you want to go to the preferences like the little drop down menu to go to preferences or quit the app or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we have to trigger the pop-up and then go to a little drop-down thing. Yeah. I wanted to, on a right-click on the icon, just trigger that pop-up. Oh, that drop-down. yeah. So nice. you don't have to write. Um, turns out, it's really freaking hard really? to do that. <laughs> I know, right? Because um, like if you add a menu, an NS menu to that thing, if you click on the icon, it triggers a menu. So like no, but I only want it on right click. But if you create that menu, it just assumes that default. Like you click on the icon, trigger the pop up. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. So and I can't really create the menu on right click. That's the thing I'm trying to do. Maybe mm. online, no real answers really. Like some answers are really hacky. Like uh, you move the the coordinate of the window like out of the, the bounds of oh, screen no. so you're technically like i don't want to go there <laughs> that way anyway but i was like surely this has to be simpler because like everyone does this and then i right clicked on every menu bar icon that i have and i would say like 90 percent of them don't do anything i right click the re- the 10 percent remaining the right click does the same as the left click. Yeah. It's not like a separate thing. Huh. And I was like, am I imagining this? Because for me, I would assume that's the behavior I want. But I, maybe not. Maybe what I, I want think, is option click. I think, yeah. But I think Dropbox does this if you do right, trick, right click. 
That's probably where you got this. Does it? Do you still have it? No, I don't, I don't have, have Dropbox anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't but know. I'm pretty sure that Dropbox does this. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, option click could also work. I think maybe I'll try option click, and if, if it's way easier, easier to implement, yeah. maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Because option so click sure. that's very common on the system, and both of them are sort of hidden, anyways. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of a power user shortcut. <laughs> anyway, the main motivation for this new update is not really fixing the bug, although it's huge, and I really want to do that. It's also I need a new build to. First, get the app privacy details. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the they nu- nutrition out. labels. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because uh, it says no details provided. This developer will be required to provide blah blah blah. Right. And like, wait, I don't have anything to hide. I swear, people <laughs> who think I'm already spying on you. So that would help. And second, uh, speaking with like other fellow app developers um i need to do a way better job at spamming my keywords Ah. which i have i think like three like mini bar camera webcam (laughs) (laughs) should definitely uh, do like zoom hangouts totally (laughs) yep 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 it's yeah i'm still i'm still paying the price of, of not of releasing this not thinking that anyone would ever pay attention yeah to i mean i feel like i up. saw like it's been getting some traction right it was featured in the app store depends on where you look <laughs> if you look, just look at my tweets or like ooh, ooh la la yeah you know it's doing, yeah, it's doing it's very like well it's getting featured by apple yeah um like wow he's going places but then if you look at download numbers <laughs> It paints a very different uh, oh, really? picture. Um, like, it's been going up. That feature did help, but but like like it's nothing. Like it's not not you know. I'm still averaging at like less than two hundred downloads a day. I mean, that's still or pretty good, no? Maybe it was a. Week. I've never made anything yeah, that yeah. averaged anywhere close to two hundred downloads a day. <laughs> yeah, actually, daily average right now I'm at one seven seven. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> no, that's cool. Well, Kevin, you would get 177 downloads a day if you ever released an app. 